Bearcat Blitz, the final football-centric show of the year for us here on Bearcat Blitz. I'm your host, Russ Eltman, joined by this man right in front of me. Final appearance as the co-host for the foreseeable future out of Dominic Goodman. I'm sure we'll bring him on every now and again for a little football check-in. And uh, when when news presents itself, as it did right before we started recording this, this morning, on Bearcat Blitz, checking us out wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple, Google, Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh, Talking Cats with Russ Heltman, my YouTube page. Check us out there on Bally Sports Ohio, which this show will be airing on Bally Sports Ohio this weekend as a little wrap up of the Bearcats. Disastrous, horrific, brutal 2023 season. I know I had as much fun as possible with Dom covering it for all you guys. We, we, we tried to have fun. We, we brought it. He brought up the cornbread. He brought out the helmet at times. We, we did our best to have fun with it. But the season comes to a close with a just shitting, shitting at the hands of the Kansas Jayhawks. I didn't think they really had a shot to win the game, but I didn't think they would get blown out like they did. A 30 plus point loss at home for the first time since getting destroyed by West Virginia in the opening season of Big East play for Cincinnati, just like they got destroyed by Kansas in the opening season of Big East or of Big 12 play, a different big in terms of conferences this time around was the first 30 plus point loss at home since that fateful day back in 05. Get to that and some portal news in just a moment. We'll bring in Dom after I tell you about bet online. It is the spot this holiday season to get your wagering info and wagers in. This holiday season is off and rolling, and with the NFL in full stride and NBA and NHL hitting midseason form, Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports, and not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played from MMA to international soccer. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code Believe B L E A V Believe for your fifty percent welcome bonus on that first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Dom, welcome in, my man. Forty nine sixteen lost to Kansas, and I'll, I'll kind of drop the news right here as we welcome you in. UC's third leading rusher, Miles Montgomery, and their highest graded player on PFF this season is entering the transfer portal. Made that announcement right before we started recording uh, here on Wednesday, or excuse me, not Wednesday, Monday, November 27th. A loss on the field and looking like a loss in the running back room in less than 48, 72 hour span, Mr. Goodman. I mean, it's a tough one, man. I mean, uh, like like you talked about that 05 year, that was my freshman year when we went to the Big East. So right. I mean, um it's just unfortunate full circle moment for you in 2023 to 2025, Dama. I'm I'm sorry to bring up that bad memory. It's all good, man. It, it made us stronger. We we ended up bonding together and just told each other this ain't gonna happen again. So we just got better out through the years. Um it's just it's kind of devastating. I mean, I know the season didn't turn out like what people expected or wanted but it's just people have got to understand you know um the big 12 i mean it's it's, it's different from american uh we came in came in this came in the season with guys already transferred from out of one fickle left um we are scratching to get guys um transfers and guys are filling different roles in different spots so it was gonna be a difficult season um but People transferring already is kind of like, dang, 
at least give it a try, but you got to respect everybody's decision. Um, everybody got they they want to see a different outcome. Whatever they, whatever their purpose is, it's just one of them things. It's tough to see, and I wish they could stick with it, but, you know, it's a different day age of college football where everybody's in the transfer portal. That they are, my man. That they are. Miles Montgomery exits the program for now. We'll see if he actually finds a home. Obviously, Shamama Terror, when portaling last year, ended up coming back to the team. It happens where guys end up coming back. But it would be a little surprising with a guy like Miles Montgomery with his talent level and just what he's able to show this year. I mean, he averaged over six yards per carry. He was, as I mentioned, the highest graded player on the team throughout the entire season, 83.1 overall. But he was just narrowly ahead in that sense of Corey Kiner who was, I believe, right behind Luke Kandra for the top, in terms of the top three players on offense this season. Yeah, actually, Kiner was right ahead of Kandra. 83.1 for Montgomery, 81.4 for Kiner, 80.5 for Kandra. The only three players graded 80 or better throughout the entire season. Obviously, you don't want to lose a guy like that in Miles Montgomery, but you have Corey Kiner right there. Just went over 1,000 yards. He's going to be your bell cow back going into next season. He told you and I, Dom, how much it means to him to have his family here every week for games, to have his family be able to go to almost every game in the season. I don't see him. It would be stunning. I should frame it this way. Stunning to me if a guy like Corey Kiner also entered the transfer portal along with a guy like Miles Montgomery. I don't see that happening. And as long as that doesn't happen, the running back room, as we're going to get to after the break, in terms of position groups that are going to be solid moving forward, the running back room should be pretty solid. And Dom, it shouldn't be a position where you ultimately have to commit a massive amount of NIL money, a massive amount of transfer resources, I think, towards that spot when you got so many guys coming up in the development path as it is. And the fact that over Scott Satterfield's career as a head coach and as a recruiter, he's done a great job bringing in just a stable, a consistent level, a consistent grouping of running back um, talents in terms of recruits and, and the such. Manny Kobe, freshman last year, and I, I'll, we'll go through it with the uh, with the look at the 2024 recruiting class in the back half of the show, but um, they did lose Jason Patterson, unfortunately, from that recruiting class. He was their highest graded offensive player, highest ranked offensive player uh, in terms of being a running back there. But overall, this Dom, this isn't a spot where you have to commit a ton of resources, I would think, uh, to to shore it back up going into next year. It should be pretty safe, despite losing Montgomery and Ryan Montgomery, who has exhausted his eligibility after uh, playing a sixth year in college this year. Um, yeah, I mean, the running back room is solid. Um, even, I mean, you go to the old line, solid. Um, I think they just got to really just tone into the main spots. That's the receiver spot um, and the quarterback spot on the offense. Um, but having that to, to build from is not uh, it's not it's not a panic mode. I think that's great because that's something you can really focus on going in for next year. Like, okay, we got a run game. We got a line back. Uh, we're running back room. Cool. We just got to make sure we got the, the receivers, the tight ends, and the quarterback to make it all happen. So uh, that's a one positive I feel like going into the next season. Real quickly, I mean, we kind of danced around it a little bit. We don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but 49-16 loss to Kansas. It it was just kind of a sad, embarrassing effort in my eyes, Dom. That that just you go up three nothing. You're up uh, you're up at, at at the end of the first quarter, and then you get boat raced twenty one 
to seven in the second quarter. You give up another touchdown, man. I mean, I can't believe this happened a second time this season. You give up another touchdown with less than a minute left on the half clock. It was, it was just absurd. I mean, actually, was that the was that the third time it's happened? Yeah, because it happened against West Virginia too. So it's just, it's crazy, man. It's it's crazy what uh, what this team has ultimately put out in terms of performances week to week this entire season. In terms of the expectation people had entering this year, I mean, just. I mean, on that touchdown, it, it goes it, perfect encapsulation of this. I was sitting in the press box, Dom. They're moving their way down the field in the end of the first half. Ryan Roberts, I think of uh, Riverfront Cincy, the outlet he works for. He looks over at me and says, "Russ, the middle field's wide open, man. They're gonna throw. They're gonna throw a touchdown right in the middle of the field, right here." And what did he have? What had happened? What happened? Nay, two seconds later, Dom. Jason Bean, Mason Fairchild, twenty-six yards. Basically curtains. That was the ball game right there. I mean, I just I, I can't I can't I can't give the energy I gave last week. I already gave my entire spiel last week. I'm not gonna give the same spiel again here, but man, it's like it doesn't feel like any of the problems got fixed at all throughout the entire season. Perfect example. Jordan Young. Let's just look at him. Played a nice game a couple of weeks ago in the victory over Houston. Comes out and posts sub 55 or sub 60 grades in the ensuing two games, does not capitalize or build on any of that momentum from Houston. And you got a massive question mark there. Kalen Carroll, another good example, a guy that flashes here and there from time to time, flashes some solid ball skills, had a couple PBUs, but was absolutely terrorized in this game. And I mean, Dom, on targets with defenders in coverage so this isn't just overall targets this is just targets with defenders in coverage guys that aren't running wide open kansas according to pff went 13 of 15 mind you with a backup quarterback and third string quarterback play 13 of 15 for two touchdowns and a perfect nfl passer rating of 158.3 i mean i don't know what you're supposed to do in a game where Dante Corleone plays arguably his best football all season, it never mattered for a second. He couldn't impact the game really at all because the secondary is that bad from top to bottom. I mean, Brian Threats was awful in this game. Taj Ward was awful in this game. Kalen Carroll, Jordan Young. No, You cannot operate at this level of college football with the lack of talent, the lack of speed, which was fully on display on those two touchdowns by the second string, I will keep hammering at home, quarterback of the Kansas Jayhawks, running down your throat for not one, but two 40-plus-yard read option touchdowns. And they had another touchdown by the third stringer, Dom, get called back for a hold, which was a, it was a little bit of an affecting part of the play, but I don't even think the quarterback got touched on that play. So, man, it's just, I, I, there's not much more new stuff we can offer here, but the team... The staff, everything needs to be reevaluated, especially when you think about a defense that we're going to get into in just a second. That's going to be losing almost all of its best players to either graduation, NFL draft declarations. We'll see what happens with Dante Corleone in that sense there. That's the only guy in this defense that can get drafted, is projected to get drafted, and just other turnover in terms of the transfer portal, which we've just seen from Miles Montgomery. But, man, did anything look different to you? in terms of that performance on Saturday compared to West Virginia, because nothing looked different for me. And just in terms of a pride aspect, 
in terms of a playing for your home fans who showed out way better than I expected them to. Claps to the fans. They came to play. The players did not. They haven't come to play all season long. And you go down with a home record in 2023. That's the worst this century, just like so many other things that have been the worst this century. I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's something that I kind of expected because, like I said, this is this season kind of reminded me of um, my freshman year. Um, you're just kind of playing out the string a little bit. You know, just – well, you ain't going to a bowl game, man. It's tough. It's it's tough to get guys going for practice. It's tough to get guys going for the game because you're just like, what are we playing for? We're playing for the seniors. That's cool. But cause I remember our last game we played against Rutgers, and we got to go there. Guys didn't want to make the trip. Guys weren't trying to make the traveling sky. Guys wouldn't even – we ended up getting the doors blown off on us just because guys just – basically chalked it up, and that's what you kind of see. It was kind of good to see. I mean, they gave it that first first quarter. They was out there giving it their all, and then things just started unraveling, and and it just showed, just just showed. I mean, when you're in situations like this, it's tough to play for, but at the same time, it's like you said, is is when you got uh, a crowd, a, a, a fan a, coming to the game, like I don't think – People, that's the thing a lot of people don't understand. Before before we went to the Big East, we didn't have nobody in the stands. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Even with the many years, even years beyond, there was nobody in the stands. And for Dar, we having people in the stands now showing up like they did, even though it's, it says a lot. So at the same time, it's just one of the things that hurts because being an alumni, you like, man, like, it's the last game, senior year. Just please just make it entertaining. I'm not asking you to to blow them out, get a win. Just let's make it entertaining for the simple fact you got people that's coming out here in the cold, showing their support, showing their love. Just last game, just give it your all. But I mean, it's one of those situations where you just gotta. It sucks being a player in that situation, but. I understand from everybody's frustrations, but I, it's one of those things I just want to remind people, just understand it's the first year. Mm-hmm. If you want to go back and look at big, or when we went to the Big East in 05, you start seeing similar results. So I just want people to just understand, just don't give up on the Bearcats, still continue buying the season tickets, and just see what happens with this recruiting and what we do for next season. Over 1,100 yards of offense allowed in the final two games of the season. It's it's almost it, it's it's shocking to have it come out of my mouth. 1,100 yards of offense and almost 90 points allowed in the final two games. So you make um, it so you make it so tough when you hit the numbers. You throw the numbers that it just makes me like, dang man, like I'm over here trying to trying to. Give the positivity, try to let people understand, like, don't give up on them. And then you like, listen, Dominic, the numbers, they don't lie. They don't. But it sucks to hear, man. It, it does. Just sucks. You keep going. I'll just have to let you know. It hurts, man. I can it tell. Hurts. I know. I get it, Dom. It's just I want to cover a winning team too. I it's more it when this team at the end of 2021, when I first started doing this, first started getting on the Bearcats beat last year, or even it was still a lot of fun when you're fighting for an AC title berth down the stretch of the season. But it, it takes its toll, man. It takes its toll on the team. Everyone losing takes its toll. 
and it clearly has taken a toll in my eyes on just the effort and the consistency level of that unit, especially like it just, it completely fell off the rails down the stretch of the season. It went from a, a unit that we thought this team could bank on, especially down the back half of the year with the depth along the defensive line. And that just never really happened. And in terms of offense, I will give a shout out here to DeAndre Buford. He played his best game as a Bearcat in the finale of this one. The offensive line as a whole, Don, uh, Don, Dominic, that was the that's the best thing you could take away from the season. It was the best thing you could take away from Saturday. They kept Emory Jones or Brady Lichtenberg clean. Only one QB hit on the day allowed. They've done a great job. Not a great job, but a better job more consistently over the past month of doing better in pass protection and giving you some confidence there going into next year. Everybody stayed healthy on that group throughout the entire season. Everybody got the gel a little bit better throughout the entire season. We'll see what the competition looks like for right tackle next year, but I, I'm in, I am impressed with that unit. The offensive line is something you can definitely hang your hat on. Luke Kandra, solid once again in this one, has the highest grade of any offensive player in the game, 76.8 overall on PFF. Uh, Gavin Gerhardt was solid despite a couple penalty issues, and this one had three penalties, which you never like to see, but overall played well. Very good pass blocking unit overall in, in general from this game. So very good performance from the offensive line. Corey Kiner played well again. D. Wiggins showed up, played well for the first time in eight weeks, it feels like. Ten weeks, he was actually getting open, Dominic. He was not just running cardio in terms of his routes on Saturday evening. Team high, four catches for 37 yards and a touchdown. Not going to wow anybody, but despite the lacking stat line, in my eyes, from the bird's eye view up in the press box, he was getting open more consistently than he had most of the season. So that's something good to see, although he is, I think, a guy that is exhausting his last year of eligibility this year. So going to be a new face in that role going into 2024. But uh, other than that, I mean, Brady Lichtenberg, I think we kind of saw that we've seen enough, in my eyes, through these final six weeks of the season to know that he's probably not going to be your guy going into 2024 and beyond. So we'll get to a quick break here on Bearcat Blitz as UC falls in the season finale, 49 to 16 at the hands of Jason Bean and the Kansas Jayhawks. Touch on the team as a whole and look at what they might need to touch up on in the offseason. Get a check in on that 2024 recruiting class after this message right here on Bearcat Blitz. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, Dom, let's dive into a real quick rapid fire rundown of what UC is looking at this offseason. What position groups do you think don't need help? Let's start on offense. Let's get the position groups out of the way that don't need help. I will say definitely offensive line. And really running back, those are the two spots to me that don't need any help. But everywhere else, tight end, quarterback, wide receiver, you need you need some new bodies. You need some fresh blood all across the board. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I, they got to, to me, really got to really heavily recruit 
for that receiver position. Um, because that's try a, to retain Henderson, I think, is a top goal for this current roster. Is trying mm-hmm. to retain him and Jackson as the two top guys for next year, most likely. And also recruit some more some more guys to develop. You know, it doesn't hurt. Like I said, you need those guys to push push the receivers, push um competition is not a bad thing in the in the in the in the in the, in the position room. And I think that's something that they really need to focus on for next for next season because it's it, learning seeing this conference is is a passing conference and you gotta have receivers that can get open and make those plays. No doubt. Flipping to the defensive side of the ball, what will happen? With Dante Corleone, that's the massive, massive shoe that's going to drop for this football team. Can you find a way to sweeten that NIL pot to do whatever you can possibly do to make sure he does not chase what is going to be most likely at highest back into the first round money at lowest middle to back into the second round money? Can you figure out a way to retain Dante Corleone? Because if not, Dom, Corleone gone, Van gone. Deshaun Pace, I would expect him to graduate and move on, if not to a different school, than to pursue the NFL. That's another guy gone. Jalen Hunt, not sure about his eligibility. He might be able to get retained, but Jalen Briggs gone. I mean, your top 12 defenders, five to six of those guys in terms of your top 12 graded defenders on PFF are most likely are a decent chance to be gone from the roster next year. In my eyes, like I don't know if there's a spot on the defense that doesn't need help. True to be truly honest, I don't know if there is a spot, especially if Dante Corleone leaves. Every spot on that unit could get upgraded, in my opinion. And it or is a spot that you need guys like Jonathan Thompson to keep developing in. He got a start on Saturday, played almost a full diet of snaps. He looked very, very good, played his best career game. Maybe that can be your surefire starter at linebacker next year, alongside a more developed Jack Dingle. Maybe you don't need to go look at linebacker. Maybe you're feeling okay there but outside of that there's a lot of problems on this defense yeah it's it's, it's open i mean defense aside is just open it's i feel like it's one of the situations you go into a kid's house recruiting like listen if you want to play here's your opportunity um it's just open i mean it's 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 because we all was the defense was the only thing i felt like that we was all saying, like, that's the defense going to hold the Bearcats and keep them in games, which they did. And, you know, it just unraveled towards the end of the season. Um, but they just going to have to do a whole bunch of just, especially with the secondary. That's a big thing I think they probably going to focus on is getting the secondary guys and then also getting the guys the D-line. Because, you know I mean, linebackers, I, I'm out too – I feel like they didn't play too bad. Um but I feel like they they got to be able to replace those guys though as well, and that's going to be some tough tough shoes to fill with Coleon. Hopefully, Coleon's like, listen, I want to stay and finish finish as a Bearcat, you know, get my degree. You know yeah. what I mean, put on for put on because you're a Colerain guy, you know. So, um, but you know, you got to do what's right for you, um, and it's just um, it's tough, man. It's looking hearing all that is like, man, like. Whew. They got there's gonna be a lot of heavy recruiting, a whole bunch of it's gonna be a new season. I mean, new team next year, and we just gonna have we just gotta wait and see. Yep. Unfortunately, coming to a close on our time here on Bearcat Blitz as we walk out of here. Big note, 
recruiting class entering for 2024, about to sign all their NLIs over the next couple of weeks. Second best recruiting class this, this decade for Cincinnati, just behind the 2020 class, I believe, which was ranked 41st overall on 24-7 sports. Cincinnati ranked 44th right now with roughly uh, 20, a little over 20 commits on the board. So I like the way they're building it that way. Build through to recruiting, not as much through the transfer portal. Try to set a foundation through recruiting and get it done that way. Dom, the floor is yours, man. Real quick, uh, goodbye to everybody as we wrap up the 2023 Cincinnati Bearcats football run on Bearcat Blitz. I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank Russ for allowing me on the show. Um, my honor, man. I had a whole bunch of fun. This is something I I never done the podcast thing. Well, I did a, I did some blogging back in my early days. I mean, Goody's Corner on YouTube. You want to check it out? It's kind of funny. That's been like before all the Final Cut Pro. This is during Windows time, but uh, but other than that, I mean, I had fun. I love the Bearcats, always will, no matter what, ups, downs, whatever. I'm Bearcat till I die. It's in my bloods and my veins. So I'm just excited, and hopefully I can be on next next time. But uh, just once again, thank you. Thank you to Believe. Thank you to you. Thank you to Bearcats. Just thank for everybody for tuning in. I had a, had a blast. For Dom Goodman, I'm Russ Heltman. Been a lot of fun. Love having Dom on the show. We'll definitely keep it rolling. Into 2024. And what will, for Bearcats fans, hopefully, be a more enjoyable season on the gridiron. This has been Bearcat Blitz on the Believe Network. Here's a deep shot. He's got Tyler Scott. And he's into open space. First throw of the year for Desmond Ritter. Touchdown, Bearcats. In a rhythm, going to take a shot towards the end zone under three.